Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shooting the Shift podcast, season two of Shooting the Shift. 2.0. Welcome back, boys. Did we think we Shooting the Shift 2.0. Here we go. Exciting. Yeah, and we're, we're starting 2.0, right where we started 1.0, the awards ceremonies. Look at that. And this year, we have some good news. Oh, look at that. I like these awards a lot better than last year's. Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess we'll take it. I if, guess if you don't, if you don't know by now, it's probably because you live under a rock. But Bryce Harper has won his second MVP. He had a great season for the Phillies. He was the reason we were in it till the end. I love you, Bryce Harper. We love you, Bryce Harper. If you're listening, please come on the show. Well, Bryce is the reason that we get to raise the banner finally, right? Over 500 season. Yeah, I mean, if that's the banner you want to raise. It's about the, the only thing we have to raise from the last 10 years. So I'll take what I can get at this point. Right. But so Bryce we had yeah, Bryce. ran away with it, too. Nowhere close. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it has to be pretty common, though, for guys to win be a MVPs in multiple places, right? There's no way that that's like an overrated guy would be able to accomplish no. like a crazy Just feat like that. To think about it, Bryce Harper in 2019 was voted anonymously by other MLB players as the most overrated player in the league. And then he goes on to do what only four other players have done in their career. He wins oh. an MVP with a second team. The other guys who have done it, let's see if you know any of these names. A guy named Alex Rodriguez. Barry Bonds, Frank Robinson, and Jimmy Fox. Bryce joins that company. And to add on to that, only Bryce Harper and Barry Bonds have ever won an MVP award for two different teams before they turned 30. That sounds a little overrated to me. We are officially, without a doubt now, at the point where Bryce Harper has become so vastly underrated. I think we, he has. We have the, the MVP of the National League. And while well, it's still, you know, still he's being paid a lot of money, obviously, but he's only the 18th highest AAV in the league. Right. I saw what we have left of Bryce Harper. It was like if we signed him today. For 10 years, $280 million. Let that, let that just sink in. Let that sink in. 10 years, $280 million. I love Bryce. I'm so happy he's here for presumably the rest of his career. Um, it's just, it's we have the, the guy. We have the one. Can we say that the Bryce Harper deal is... One of the only two good things, really, that Quintac did. Yeah. And I think yeah. we know what the other one is. I think we can touch on him now. The and it was Cy Young runner-up, Which Zach Wheeler. Yeah, Cy Young runner-up. I don't 
agree with that. I don't agree with the voting. There was some lady in San Francisco that put him fifth place that just completely tanked him. I thought Wheeler, the fifth place was the Cincinnati guy. No, I think it was a lady in San Francisco. Either way, he has still, no place being outside place of the vote. top three, for sure. And that's even being kind of conservative with it. You're talking about the only guy really this year who was a throwback ace, a straight-up dog for his team. Joe Girardi yeah. knew he had no bullpen. So every five days, it was, yo, wheels, give me eight, give me nine. Just get out there and pitch. Wheeler pitched 213 and a third in innings this year, which led the league. He led the league in strikeouts. He led the league in war. How does that not win an MVP or a Cy Young? Especially I, when ever, all the new age people, it's like, just give it to whoever has the, the, the best war. war. So now Zach Wheeler has the highest war. And he loses out to Corbin Burns, who Corbin Burns was unreal this year. Great but season. At the same time, through a significant amount less innings. Hey, through 167 Wheeler. innings this year, um, which because is... he's pitching in a six man rotation. Yep. And not really ever going past the sixth. And that worked for the Brewers. That's no fault of bullpen. his own. They have an amazing bullpen. Just one of those guys would be the stud of our bullpen. The last guy in their bullpen would be the star of ours. Yeah. But, and, you know, Corbin Burns sets wins the Cy Young and sets a new record for least amount of innings pitched by Cy Young at 167. Scherzer, who finishes third, also would have set that record. He pitched 179 in a third innings this year. So... Uh, to put it succinctly, Jeff Passan tweeted it out perfectly. The nerds have ruined baseball. Yes. Zach Wheeler was the deserving Cy Young. And, you know, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, you, you got to throw innings to be a good pitch. The, the best pitchers are guys who just go out there every fifth day and toss innings. And that's what okay. Wheeler did. I'm going to hit you with something here. Real quick right now, there's no doubt that Burns won because they deemed the quality of his innings to be superior to Wheeler's, right? Well, if we're going so, with quality of innings, then if we're going with quality of innings, where's DeGrom? It, DeGrom, exactly. It could have been, and DeGrom should, first off, DeGrom should not have any place in the Cy Young no. because I believe... I don't have it in front of me, but I believe he didn't crack 100. I think he was no, close, he didn't. didn't crack 100 innings pitched. But the innings that DeGrom threw were unreal. And when he went down, it was – when he went down, the Cy Young Award was already decided. It was a just a discussion of, is DeGrom also going to win the MVP? So he shouldn't have a place in the Cy Young Award. But, like, having pitched less than 100 innings, but it, it if, feels like the way we're trending, why the hell not? Yeah, it, it's just it quality of innings. It feels like with Burns 
the out the the reason that he won was strictly quality of innings and like you were saying if that's the only only metric now it it does does the grom deserved it but um you know not to spend too much time on the award shows it happened a little while ago i wanted to uh, have a note on al cy young robbie ray jeff that's your guy um do i need to make a statement the 2014 tigers the 2014 tigers might be the greatest pitching staff that never stayed together all five anything either all five of the main rotation guys i believe have now won a cy young those five being jason justin verlander max scherzer robbie ray david price and rick porcello that was an amazing and then i think they had anibal sanchez just like chilling coming out of the bullpen as the like could be their sixth guy Anibal Sanchez, who took a no hitter into the, what, the seventh, yeah, of a player during their game. World Series run, one yep. of the one of those rounds. It yeah, was that rotation was potentially the best that never won anything. I, so I, I think, think I do owe a statement on Robbie yes, Ray. You do. Knew it was coming. <laughs> I was right. Anyone who wasn't with me was very, very wrong. Um did recognize right away when it was happening right around mid-season the Robbie Ray dream was dead wish he waited another year to prove me so very right because I was so 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 very right on Robbie Ray but uh, sadly the dream of Robbie Ray and Phillies dead knew it was dead around uh, as soon as he started lighting it up right around the trade deadline when it was well he's not going anywhere now and he's certainly not signing here now and in your own words, before we started recording, Jeff said, I was on the Robbie Ray train before Robbie Ray's mother was on the Robbie Ray train. And mm-hmm. it's, she was it's asking very about, true. she was saying, boy, what's with this seven ERA? And I was like, I know that's going down. Chill out, mama. Uh, he, you hit this one nail right on the head. Um, you know, you couldn't have predicted Robbie Ray any better. He lit it up. He had... 29 out of 30 first place votes in the AL Cy Young. And then obviously we'll just touch on the AL MVP Shohei gets all 30 first place votes unanimous. It was very obvious that that was going to happen. <laughs> it sucks for Vladdy though. Sucks for Vladdy because any best other hitter year, in the league, he was, the, he was year, the best hitter in the league. Any other year, Vladdy runs away with the AL MVP. He might've been unanimous. He almost won the triple freaking crown. <laughs> Can but, you imagine it, how, like, how do you vote? If he had won that triple crown, you got to think the voters were rooting against it because it's, do you vote yeah. for the super rare triple crown, which basically or, triple crown always means automatic MVP. Or do you vote for the guy who's literally better than Babe Ruth? Yeah. Something we've seen once. And like, we, we've never seen it in our lifetime. It was he was playing with you the ha- dinosaurs you, running you outside the You haven't seen that. You have it's. Do you vote for the triple crown or something you haven't seen since before World War Two? So I, it's just Vladdy had. I think he had twenty nine out of thirty second place votes. It's like that's kind it's of a just, crime that he didn't get. The, <laughs> yeah, didn't get thirty. But you know, 
we all knew it was coming. It was just a, it, that was a formality at that point. But that was a while ago. The awards have long since been settled. Um, and then we moved on to free agency. Um, Which has and, been the most bizarre free agency I've ever well, seen. Well, it's been a bizarre free agency because of the December 1st lockdown that is looming at the time of recording in just a few hours. Um, this, If they don't get a deal agreed to by tomorrow, the MLB goes into a lockdown, and I don't know how long that's going to last. I have but can we also it. throw in how... Uh this free agency is going to create another potential issue that the league will want to solve. Cause I guarantee you the league absolutely loves how hot the stove has been over the yeah. last 48 hours or so. Do so now they're we... definitely going to try and figure out some way to make it. So free agencies like this all the time where everyone's constantly do watching MLB see... network and watching Twitter and all that. Do we see the MLB do something like a signing deadline? I think a deadline would be hard. Yeah. Personally, I think they're going to fight for something because they're going to love how much press this is getting. Um, They're going to fight for something. I think a deadline's tough, but maybe they can do it whereas, like how we're expecting this year, where it's just going to be closed for a bit. Like maybe they do every year something like a uh, pause on free agency or something through all of December. Yeah, who knows? But that doesn't pick up know, again until like after the holidays. I don't know, but I just this, think it's going to make something else that the MLB is going to want to bargain for and could inevitably make the, the lockout longer. Yeah, I mean, this MLB free agency is unlike any other. I liken this to like the NBA free agencies that we see where it's just periods open, bing, bang, boom, players are signed. And then you're like, how the hell did that happen? And really, I've been left wondering how the hell this has happened since Monday. Um, And let's start with the team that I hope goes down in a fiery blaze every year. The New York Mets, Stevie Cohen, the criminal is getting away with things. I never thought he'd be able to get away with. The first is Max Scherzer. Everyone, including myself, thought he would be a West Coast guy. He would just stay with the Dodgers, maybe go to the other L.A. team with the Angels. No. He signs with the freaking Mets for three years, $130 million. $44.3 million AAV. That breaks Garrett Cole's record he set last year. Max Scherzer is the oldest player to ever sign a $100-plus-million-dollar contract. Now, there's an opt-out after the second season, but I don't love that I'm going to have to watch Max Scherzer dominate the Phillies for another two, probably three years. Max Scherzer's too old. He's done, right? I I feel like I've been saying that since the Nationals won the World Series. Yeah, now I'm just praying. I'm just praying, please, please be done. I think we get the first Degrom and Scherzer. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it here. Why? Why is this a thing? 
Well, I, mean, I will say he could have stayed on I the thought... West Coast, caused no one a problem. I he think he wanted had to. Deal... He wouldn't have had to deal with the snow. He wouldn't have had to deal with the terrible people that are in New York. But no, he just wanted to come back despite us Phillies no, fans. No, I here's my take. The, the, on mon- what the money that he got. Obviously, it was the money, but I think the way that it was being talked about, like it was done, what was that, Monday night? Yeah. Sunday or Monday night? Sunday night. Sunday night. Monday he signed. Yeah, the way it was being talked about, like it was basically done Sunday night. I do think that Scherzer and his agent, Boris, maybe? Uh, Yeah. um, We're running around to everybody who's on the west coast like the mainly the dodgers the giants and angels and begging somebody to match the contract but obviously it's you said it set a new record by over like 20 percent. it was a 20 yeah. percent increase in the aav record i don't believe anything's ever been that drastic at least no. not in a while um the big thing about Scherzer is that he is one of the head representatives of the players union. He is. So especially with negotiations coming up with the CBA too, it would have been a bad look for Scherzer to turn down a 20% increase on the record AAV. Because the other guys below him within the union would kind of see that as him not looking out for them. That's the way well, I saw that. He had no that's, choice. If that's the reason, I'm even more pissed. Because just decline well, the offer and let 43 million reasons. Just, but, just let Stevie Cohen tweet about you and your agent. I don't give a crap. Don't don't torture me for the next three years. Is that too much to ask? There's 43 million reasons why he's in New York, but I just think that the fact that he is so heavily involved in the union made it impossible for him to turn down that money. Regardless of if he really wanted to go out West, I think if he's not in the position that he's in, then he could more comfortably decide you know what i'm at the end of my career it's been i've been dominant i have a ring let me just either go chase another by going back to like the dodgers or just go somewhere where i'm comfortable go chill out on the west coast i think that's that would have been an option if he's wasn't in the position he's in yes Well, let's not spend too much time on Scherzer because the Mets signed three other guys while they were at it. The first being Starling Marte, a guy that I know Jeff, Will, and I, we were all in on Marte. Yeah. But I hate the contract. Yes. Four years in, but Marte wasn't my favorite. And as you're saying, the contract. And and we were. When we discussed Marte and the prospect of the Phillies, we were thinking two, maximum three years. The Mets grabbed Marte at four years, $78 million, $19.5 million AAV. He's a 33-year-old guy who relies. His game is built around his speed. 
And at 33 on a four-year contract, I don't know how well that holds up. Yeah, I mean, it was impressive that it he was able to rely on it now. It makes you think that he's more of an anomaly, but it's there's really not that many anomalies that just don't eventually lose a step to age. No, yeah, he will lose a step. At some point, for the Mets' sake, I'm sure they're thinking they at least have two good years out of him for sure. And then they hope they can stretch it a third and maybe the fourth isn't so great. But they obviously get their money's worth in the first two to three. For our sake, hopefully it's he's just going to ride off the contract now, just save his legs so he can walk when he's 80. Yeah, that would be nice. I think we're all just hoping for uh, another Robinson Cano instead, right? <laughs> At least they still have Cano. It makes me feel so better that they're also paying Robinson Cano. They are. Every time I think about, like, how are the Mets going to sign somebody else? They have this guy, this guy, this guy. Oh, and, and Robinson, Robinson Cano, Cano on an awful, awful contract. They owe him $40 million. Whatever, two years or yeah, so it's, hey, he's getting twenty mil a year. So then we're moving on, continuing with the goddamn Mets. They signed Mark Canna, who was another guy, another fringe guy that was on my list. He signs for two years, twenty six and a half million dollars. The way his contract breaks down, he'll make twelve million dollars in twenty twenty two, ten and a half in twenty twenty three. And then there will be a club option in 2024. If they pick the option up, he makes $11.5 million. They can buy, or they can buy him out for $2 million that season. Um, Mark Hanna is a professional hitter. He can play all over the field. And did you know since 2019, he has a higher on base percentage than Aaron Judge? Yeah, that's why he's in with Billy Bean, why he was there, I yeah. guess. That's impressive, a, though. I didn't know that. He was a Billy Bean guy through and through. And, you know, Mark Hanna was someone I really would have liked from Oakland, but um, just wasn't meant to be. And then the last one, the Mets also signed Eduardo Escobar. Two years, $20 million. He's 32 years old. 2021, he was a first-time All-Star. Batted 253 with 28 home runs and 90 RBIs for both Arizona and Milwaukee. He's another guy that can just play everywhere, um, and it's it shouldn't be that big of a deal. He's 32. It's only a two-year contract. I think that's probably the deal I like the best for the Mets. Uh, that and Canna, uh, those are their probably the two best deals, but it, it's Scherzer, so he might pitch till he's 75. Yeah, possible. I, I, I think this definitely screams – playoffs in two years or bust i, I mean, oh, really yeah yeah uh no i i'm sure i i think if i mean what stevie cohen's doing if this doesn't scream i i, I think even one year after i i think this year if they don't at least make it past second round i mean i you you just look at this team and, and you go where did they go wrong? I, I mean, but eighty you, million committed to your front two in the rotation. I would say for sure they if they don't make an actual run in the playoffs, it just looks awful. 
yeah, yeah, the Mets have so far this free agency have committed two hundred fifty four million dollars, and but it I, I, sounded like today Jeff Passan said they weren't done. But I think you I look, just don't understand where they're going to play any other bat though. But I, I think we we had the same conversation last year when they signed Francisco Lindor. Yeah, uh, the the when they traded for Lindor, then signed him. Right. But the, the Mets every year is like, oh, this team looks good. Right, and, the and Mets, then here, the here Mets comes is the Mets. Right, right. Injury bugs continue to plague the team, no matter yeah. what. That's just what I'm banking on: is the Mets is the Mets. You know, Jacob Degrom is going to get hurt they again. Way, yeah, they find again, a way to mess it up again. every year. The That's the one thing that makes me feel good. Is it, that it, there's something always will something will happen to this team? The Mets is the Mets. Edwin Diaz will let up a 700 foot home run and act like it's a pop fly in the infield. No, Scherzer's going to let up one earned run in the first month and when it happens steve cohen's gonna be like why did i sign this guy to record numbers if he's gonna let up a run stevie this is cohen the worst, the stevie worst cohen's gonna behavior be the... i've ever seen from a professional pitcher stevie cohen's gonna be the reason we have a, a long extended lockout because he doesn't know how to keep his jaw shut on twitter criminal but let's move on from the mets before i say something i regret we're Let's talk Before about you get Toronto. banned on all social media like Steve yeah. will be. Let, let's talk about Toronto. They signed Kevin Gaussman five years, $110 million. This was on the uh, did they? I think they signed Gaussman before Robbie Ray signed elsewhere, or was it Correct. right after? Before, yeah. yes. Before. So they signed uh, Kevin Gaussman right before. Um, Andy Martin of SNY reported the Mets had offered Gaussman more money than Toronto, but the exact offer hasn't been disclosed. I don't know if it ever will be. Um, Reminds probably me of not. Oh. And it was Gaussman was even before the Scherzer thing. It was. Was done too. So that probably also pushed whatever. It, the Mets were offering probably Scherzer a different too. offer before Scherzer got the crazy one. Yeah. So. Gaussman in 20 last offseason signed the $18.9 million offer from San Fran for one year. And he went on to have a career year 14 and six, 281 ERA, 227 strikeouts, and 192 innings. All of those were career, career high numbers for Gaussman. And he bet on himself and it paid off big time. Yeah, I think he had a really, really big first half i think it he was did. like a sub two first half era he was really good slowed down in the second half but he was the the ace on that giants team that was out of nowhere really good and now I have Toronto, a comment, though oh you have, I have comment. a comment on it i think they made a mistake really and i think it's it's no surprise i'm kind of gonna lump in another guy that we touched on they, I think you said Gossman was 110, right? Yep. I know who you're going to say, and we'll talk about him next. Robbie Ray, we could talk a little about him now. Talk about both of them. He was only, I think, five yeah. million more. Robbie Ray goes. Robbie Ray goes to Seattle at five one fifteen. Um, I was shocked he didn't stay in Toronto. I just think. Look, maybe they think Gossman's better, but at the same time, man. He's not. He's just not. Robbie Ray just won the Cy Young with you, and you save a million dollars a year to go get somebody different. 
No. I don't it know. He sense. just won the Cy Young with you. That's does, that's so I don't know. I mean, yeah, Gosman's probably a good signing, but I not when obviously you had Robbie like Ray Robbie Ray in your lap. Yeah, you already had him there. I mean, maybe they were concerned he was going to leave and just took what they could get as soon as they knew they could get him with Gossman. Yeah, but, you know. Um, It'll be fun to compare them it will over be, the next five years. This, this contract, these contracts will be linked for that time. For sure. If I'm a Jays so, fan, I'm checking every Gossman start. I'm also looking what's Robbie, Robbie Ray Robbie Ray start. Yeah, yeah, so now Toronto has Gossman and Berrios. Berrios at 7, 131. They head up that young rotation that Toronto has coming up. And then Robbie Ray's contract, a little more about it. Uh, he has an opt out after the third season. Well, maybe that had something to Probably do had a little too. something they to wanted, do about it. Yeah, to lock they, in for sure. You have a guy for five years. But the, the Mariners staff now, their top fours, Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, and Logan Gilbert. That's a pretty dang good rotation. For an AL West that is getting very competitive. I like because, the Jays rotation still though. Yeah, so do I. And that's why they I think, got West Virginia boy Manoa. Yeah, they got Manoa. Well, they they have, Nate um, Pearson. Nate Pearson Barrios. coming up. Um, they got yeah, and it's Galsman and Barrios are the elder statesmen of that rotation, and then they got a bunch of young guys coming in. That Jays team is very young, very up and coming. Um, but, you know, we talked about the uh, AL West. I just said with the Mariners, the AL West is getting super competitive. And I mentioned New York spent $254 million in free agency so far. And, you know, you would think that uh, that's a pretty decent chunk of change until you look at the Texas Rangers who have mm-hmm. spent $561.2 million in free agency. Their first yeah. big signing. The Marcus majority of that Simeon. is, yeah, two well, shortstops. Their first big signing, Marcus Simeon, 7-175. He was a top, he was top three in MVP voting last season in Toronto. Another Toronto Blue Jay that just went. He had yeah, they let an MVP finalist and their Cy Young Award winner walk out the door. He had a monster season. You know, Simeon was another guy. He was hurt in 2019 or 2020, took the one-year deal in 2021, and it paid off big time. He's making $25 million a year. He's 31 years old. He'll be in Texas till he's 39. The biggest deal so far of the offseason, Corey Seager, he's only ever, he's 27 years old, signs a 10-year, $325 million deal. And I love it for him. So the yeah, contract. Really quick. Can we rewind a little bit and you give us a stat you gave earlier? Go Bryce ahead. Harper's is... deal from here on out? 10 to 80. <laughs> and how many but, MVPs has Corey Seager won? Uh, he won a two, an NLCS MVP and a World Series MVP. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. And good for Harper him. will get his. He'll get right. his. But Soon. I, you know, the Dodgers were, it was reported that the Dodgers were up there in a, with a similar offer. 
and this is where like I get a little nerdy about the economics of baseball. Do you know for Corey Seager to make the same money playing in Texas? Like he's he's making X amount of dollars playing in Texas because of their laws and taxes and everything. The Dodgers would have had to pay him four hundred seven million dollars to make the same amount of money. Jeez, isn't there like little or no state? There's no state income tax in Texas and like massive state income tax in California, the the highest in the country. (laughs) But but I don't pretty sure there wasn't much of a decision. I so his contract also has no deferrals, and it's very front-loaded. He'll make roughly $140 million in his first four years. That's crazy. That's a nice deal for Seager. He got a very very nice deal. deal. Corey Seager, he's 27. 27 since he came up and started playing with the Dodgers. He's a 299 career hitter. Uh, Did you know he is, I think, either second or third in all-time career home runs at Globe Life Park. And it's all because of the AL, the the NLCS and World Series in 2020. It's also, what, that was, that stadium's like two years old now. He hit eight eight home runs over those two series. Uh, Joey Gallo is in the lead. He has 20 home runs in that stadium. So it's, it's, Corey Seager is going to, you know, a Rangers team that was, I think they won 60 games last year. They 60 and 102. They've made two. They signed two bats. They'll have Simeon play second and Seeger play third or short. And then they still have uh, Skolak and like all the a couple of the young guys that they have in the infield still. But then Jeff. They signed another one of your guys. Um, they signed John Gray to a four-year, $56 million contract. And you know more about John Gray than I do, so why don't you uh, give us your thoughts on that deal? John Gray, to me, has always been a guy who's been kind of up and down. Kind of, I, I don't want to, he's not like Wheeler, but in the way that Wheeler was kind of up and down when he was with the Mets, Gray was kind of like that, and he was pitching in Coors Field. No one wants to pitch at Coors Field. Had, I think, number three draft pick status attached to him the whole time there, too. Yep. So now I kind of love the fact that he gets to just get out of Colorado and then doesn't have the the status – of a number three pick weighing them down. And I think right. the AAV on that's only like 14. So with what the other guys were getting, no one's going to be like, he's not earning this crazy money. Like that's like three, four money. Yeah. In the is. MLB. That's not, he's not expected to come in and be a staff ace. That staff ace is still in their minors. Jack lighter. He is, but I think, potentially John Gray is my first steal of the offseason candidate. Wow. Right now, I possibly have him as my number one. And I think we did a pretty good job last year in our steals of the offseason. Didn't we list like Kyle Schwarber? Schwarber. Did we say Rosario? 
Mm, we might have. I'd have to go back and listen to the podcast. I think we might have said Rosario. We definitely Not hit the head with No, but for that other team. And I, I think we might have to touch a little bit on, on Schwarber soon. But I think right now, Schwarber was probably my 1A, I, I think, from what I remember for yeah, we were all the offseason last year. And now John Gray right now is my option one for steal of the offseason. I think last offseason we were looking at a couple of those fringe outfielders. And Eddie Rosario might have been on the list. Again, I'll have to go back and listen. But he probably was. We know what we're talking about, Will. (laughs) Well, we sometimes do. But let's talk about the last major free agent signing before we hit some other quick hot stove topics jeff your guy you've been this is another guy you love javi baez i mean we all love javi baez el mago goes to the tigers which was what i always thought what i thought would when they hired aj hinch was going to be the landing spot for carlos correa javi baez signs a six-year 140 million dollar deal i texted you this morning before the deal happened um, I, I said, I, I'm feeling Javi's going to Detroit, feeling six years. I was about $90 million over budget. I, I said six. That's a, that's, you don't need to worry about budgets. You don't do I, numbers I, or anything like that. <laughs> I said 6250. He comes in at 6140. I predicted the team and the years right. Um, but now you're ready. You're, you're ready. I like the Tigers moving forward. Build a lineup around Javi Baez. Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green. I say something kind of crazy here. I feel like I like this better than going out and getting Correa. Thinking Correa's probably going to be closer to Seager money, right? Or Correa, Correa might be close to $400 million at this point. If he's, if Correa's around or above Seager. I love this because it allows the Tigers better. I think I like them pivoting away because it allows the Tigers if they want to, to go out and sign someone else. I have great get for Detroit. Um, When he went to the Mets, when he got traded, his K percentage went way down. Um, He's obviously a great defensive player. He can play shortstop. He can play second base. He's versatile. Um, I love Javi Baez. You love Javi Baez. We all love Javi Baez. Great deal. Great get for Detroit. And you're right. He's he's coming in at probably about half of what Corey's, or, uh, Carlos Correa could be looking at. Yeah. I Or way less than half. He could be looking at – you could be looking at somewhere like two and a half, close to three times. Because you think – Seager gets 325. Correa was always the number one shortstop in this class, the number one free agent in this class. And Seager gets 325. Correa's market's got to be close to 350. Yeah, I mean, in that case, you kind of have to love it for Detroit. Oh, I love this deal for Detroit. Yeah, you get to – It's great. They can pay other – Probably what a, a starter down the line. They have the makings of 
a real good offense with some of their prospects. They have and there are still still plenty of free agents available for them to sign. Yeah, if they want to go out and get someone this this season, it's still it's not some kind of crazy AAV, right? That they can make other moves like next offseason, the year after that, see the needs they kind of have. I think definite dub for Detroit. Yeah, major. So let, let's talk about some other small deals that happened here and there. Kirby Yates signs in Atlanta. It's like an $8 million deal over two, maybe three years with the option and the club option in there. Not really worried about that one. The Marlins trade for Jacob Stallings and Joey Wendell. They sign a VCL Garcia at four, four years, $53 million. And then they extend their ace Sandy Alcantara for five years, $56 million. The Joey Wendell trade is interesting because we're going to be talking about one of his teammates a little bit when we get to the Phillies. Um, But let's just run through a couple more of these. Corey Kluber signed a one-year deal with the Rays. The Padres traded for Jorge Alfaro. Matt Boyd wasn't tendered a contract in Detroit. Gary Sanchez was tendered a contract with the Yankees. Richard Rodriguez has been non-tendered by Atlanta. John Heyman reported... Oh, Cesar signed with uh, the Nationals. Cesar just signed with the Nationals. John Heyman was reporting earlier today that Atlanta was calling the Oakland Athletics in regards to Matt Olson with Freddie Freeman, a free agent. But the word on the street is Freddie Freeman's looking for a ballpark six-year, $180 million. In that Why case, Atlanta I, just give it to him? I say move Reese Hoskins to the 300 uh, level uh-huh, because uh-huh, I'd take uh-huh, Freddie Freeman uh-huh. on that contract. Yep. I don't understand. They have money. Why don't they just like they're not paying Acuna? They're not paying Albies. They're not paying like anybody. The only one they're paying, uh, like I don't know if I'm allowed to say this name, but uh no, don't. <laughs> but and then uh, twelve just give minutes. Him the money. Yeah, you got to give him the money. And then twelve minutes ago, John Heyman tweets again. Trevor Story is drawing massive interest from the Mariners who want him to play third base. Story has a long list of suitors to play a multitude of positions, a lot to sort out. So as things stand, no deal is likely before the impending lockout. Yeah, and the Mariners are also one of the big players left on uh, Bryant. Too. Can you imagine so. if they signed Boone. Uh, no, there's no, no way. They I... won't. But if I will they bet get my negative net worth on <laughs> well, you gotta think who, them not well, signing both. Who does Seattle have that's on co- that large of a contract? They don't, but they're gonna have guys soon that are gonna have massive contracts. So if Seattle signs either Story or Bryant, look out because then it's one of those massive free agents. Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kalenic, they are going to be an up-and-coming team. And then they just signed Robbie Ray. That's who they have on a contract. Right. Little Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. Forget about That's that. right. Yeah, they have <laughs> Didn't we just signed, like 15 minutes ago? signed this offseason. I said what I said. <laughs> there have been some crazy deals that have happened outside of the Phillies. And that brings us to the Phillies. 
John Middleton is I, I'm currently spending money like John Middleton should be. And John Middleton's spending money like I should be. That being said, John Middleton hasn't spent a single cent this offseason. And we've seen Atlanta improve. We've seen the Mets improve. We've seen the Marlins improve. And the Phillies are standing there waiting for something to fall out of the sky and hit them in the head. Now, if I can say one thing, though, to be fair, you consider our main targets, the guys that we've really thought are the ones we want. They're all still on the board. Yeah, they're all still on the board, but I need a Phillies rumor like I need oxygen at this point in my life. Now, we do have a few rumors. Who knows if it gets it done? And let's first go to a quote that I, I gave a few weeks ago to you, Antonio. Yeah. Give me a cub. You Just give me get, a cub. Get me and a cub. we are linked to? Two a cub. cub. A cub, potentially Kyle two. Kyle Schwarber. That's the one right now that seems most likely. I'm not really I sure would. that we can only really add Schwarber to our lineup. No. Schwarber's a guy that's that is a I think if we sign Schwarber, we were talking about it again, talked about it this morning. Schwarber's a guy, if you sign him, you're also looking to sign others. Um, you I know, mean, I think if, if you if, sign him, I, I think would... if you sign Chris Bryant, that's your one bet. If you yeah. sign, you can get Schwarber end, which is great. And I like Schwarber and. doesn't. I'm a Schwarber big fan doesn't, of Schwarber doesn't come with a draft pick attached to him. So yeah, no compensatory there's a few guys pick. that would give up the pick for. I'm kind of hesitant. Bryant. Well, Brian. No, doesn't, I would, doesn't wouldn't come have to give one up for him. Trevor Story would be the guy we give. Pick I would up give for. one to Story, and I think that Story is an option. Should we sign Schwarbers? I think Story could still be an option because I think he's more likely to fall towards the Baez range than the Seager range. The Seager so, range. and then it was this morning. It was okay. Do you think it is it Bryant or Seager and or Story and Schwarber? And I think we both landed on Story and Schwarber. Two is better than one. A, a, a left-handed leadoff power bat who is absolutely crushed balls in citizens bank park and then trevor story who is a he instantly becomes the best defender on the phillies mm-hmm. by except Reese hoskins in left field no, uh, well, i think he'll we be just doing, moved him to the 300 levels yeah he'll we? be doing some good defense uh, he'll be holding down the hot dogs in a 300 level <laughs> no it's okay he can play dh but you know those are two guys, two bats, Schwerber and Story. If we're not going after Bryant, I have to have. And then, well, the biggest uh, thing about Schwerber is his, like, he kind of blew up again this season, had sure. maybe the hottest streak of his career. And who is, who was he giving credit to? His hitting coach on the who Nationals. Is, and where is he? Now the Phillies hitting coach. Exactly. It's Kevin Long kind of hinted, the hitting coach kind of hinted when I think it was an interview with Heyman. Yeah, on the hot yeah. stove where he just. Yeah, like, he's. Heyman's he's trying to Heyman. talk to him saying Schwarber could be a fit for you and he's, he's shushing him. Like, yeah, don't let everybody else know that. So, I mean, maybe. God dang it, Heyman. 
reconnecting there. I mean, seems good for Schwarber. Seems like a great idea. Leadoff option. I mean, you get Schwarber and Story, and it's like uh, either one of them can either lead off or bat in an RBI slot. Yeah. But while it's all fun fun and happy with the Phillies, I think it's time we have a moment of silence. Because, boys, we lost a good one. This man was the only bright spot in a very bleak period of Phillies history. He is our all-time leading strikeout man and was a great clubhouse presence. He had an infectious smile, and I loved him very dearly. But Hector Neris has gone on to the baseball team in the sky, a.k.a. the the Houston Astros and he's no longer a Philly and I'm devastated man when they teach him how to cheat he's gonna be unreal the splitter is already like unhittable when it's on and now they're gonna just be like hey look man you just do you just put a little bit of this on your arm and your fastball will play out like he's about to be it's Mariano 2.0 that being said, I love Hector. We all loved Hector. But paying your setup man $7.5 million is a little bit much. I, I would like to say this. Hector was fantastic. But I can't tell you how much heart attacks. Oh, yeah. There were. Like, I, 4th of July, Phillies versus <laughs> Padres. Hector lets up six runs in yeah. an inning and we're down yeah. 11 nothing. I'm like, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> But nope. then now he that finds, he's in, his, now that he's then he finds his groove as the setup man. And then it's like, yeah. oh, we got to bring back Hector. He's going to start to be rest in peace. Absolutely unreal. And eventually it's going to be hashtag Unanaris. <laughs> Don't do that, that again. Let's move on. But no. <laughs> say, baby. No, to replace that was, that, that was bad. To replace yeah. Hector Naris. The two names the Phillies have been hot and heavy linked to so far are Kyle Schwarber and Corey Knievel. Knievel's had a little bit of an injury problem, but his spin rate's way up. He is he would be the right guy uh, uh, would step into our bullpen and be the best pitcher in our bullpen by a very wide margin. Yeah, Knievel would be a really good addition, obviously, because we got really no closing options right now, but I still think you don't want to have him be your closer. I still no, think I don't you're want hoping be the that closer. he can be an option to replace Hector. I would like Hans Krauss to be the closer. Ooh. I don't know right away. I still think we're looking at him as a, our future closer. Well, But I think you're looking, you're looking at Knievel with the, if he has to close for you sometimes, he can, but if he's in your pen, that's a reliable member of your bullpen. But I think they'll also use one of the guys they just brought back, avoided arbitration with Dominguez, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Sir Anthony, yeah, signs I think that's deal. part of the reason. He, I think they, he took like a $3,000 pay cut or something, whatever it was, um, to come back. And I think they're going to be relying on him and have faith in him him to the point where they knew they were paying him next to nothing in MLB terms 
and we're more comfortable letting Hector walk away for a high price tag. Yeah, that was a very high price tag. And, you know, there's the, the Phillies are very much in flux. Another guy we could potentially be looking at is Kevin Kiermeyer, center fielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, yes, they just please. traded Joey Wendell. Um, and again, I am very much yes, please. He is, I think the best defensive center fielder in baseball and again Mm -hmm. like his bat isn't great but having that level of defender would be just so refreshing as a fan to see are you are you telling me you haven't loved what the center fielders in philadelphia have been doing no i haven't i've seen more people i think my grandmother who walks with a walker could make better plays in center field than these idiots what what moment in well, uh, Roman Quinn was was DFA. Oh, oh, noodle arm, noodle arm Quinn got ramen noodles got DFA'd. Thank God. I like Matt Veerling. I hope he's with the team. But we need a top notch, high quality defensive outfielder in there. Especially if you're looking at a Schwarber. Yes, because Schwarber is not going to be covering he, all this ground in the outfield he's for you. Not a Gold Glover. I'm all for the hold bat. On, I mean, on, they're looking on. at you, Castellanos. Could you imagine a lineup? Or could you imagine a day where Kyle Schwarber backs up JT behind the plate? <laughs> I don't think his knees will allow that. Yeah, like the Phillies need a you defensive, know just a defensive option. Shane but Victorino right now, was never a great hitter, but he was a great defender. Yeah, they, they, they right didn't now have... it seems like Kiermaier is the best potential option for what the needs are. We get we have a bunch of guys who suck at defense but can rope a baseball. Once again, what's up, Reese Hoskins? And so. Alec Bohm probably is that guy too. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, but, but, but no I... one can field, and center field is so important. We'll have a good fielder at behind the plate, but then – any ball hit forward just drops right now. At least Unless it's Kevin Kiermeyer right can take down half of the outfield. Yeah, unless it's to right field, because Bryce is a good defender. I got you got to give times. him that. <laughs> there Sometimes are still times where it's like a little bonehead. What are you doing there? Heady, but um, yeah. And the I other mean, guys though that seem like options. There's they're saying like Cedric Mullins, Ryan Reynolds. Too expensive. But those too guys, expensive. it's like. We, we don't already have, the, have such a thin, depleted. small farm anyway. Such it, few uh, guys small, that can really I, I'd, call it, I'd call it depleted at best. <laughs> There's as many and guys then, in this podcast as there are actual <laughs> talented guys in yep. the farm system. I'd there argue are so many guys in the farm system. <laughs> I'd argue our podcast might be more talented than the farm. But And then our uh, other guy that we were looking at was Byron Buxton, and he signs a seven-year, $100 million yeah. deal, full no-trade clause. So that means no he's trade out of there. Um, and then Jeff, did you want to well to wrap up? Did you want to talk about your last? Yeah, you know, Bob wasn't allowed to mention it. This guy, like he's goddamn Voldemort. I'll, I'll let you have it. <laughs> kind of is he cheats a little bit, but if with the the Wendell trade, as we've said, maybe they still maybe the Rays opt to hold on to Kiermaier. So in that case, a guy that I kind of got in on about a month ago was 
It's like, huh, remember Ramon Laureano? We could just have the two best arms in right field and center field. Laureano's very similar to Kiermaier in the fact that he's like bat first, or not bat, uh, glove first and second. But Ramon Laureano is definitely a better bat than for yeah. as the yeah, difference between potential bat the difference between Laureano's bat versus Laureano versus Kiermaier and bat versus glove is like the difference in bat is greater than the difference in glove yeah I'd in agree. my opinion but there are like downsides to Laureano too he, I think he, he costs cheats. a little more than Kiermaier would because he's he younger more controllable and suspended for a little bit because of some yeah. A, a little ped problem. Yeah. But not ped, not that one, the PEDs. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. I, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies to Ramon Laureano. No, he just yeah, he just takes drugs. He would be another guy that we'd I would very much be interested in. But like I mentioned earlier, this is all hypothetical because as of midnight tomorrow, baseball is locked out. There will be no free agent deals. There will be no trades. There will be no baseball. Well, that just means tomorrow is going to be uh, one of those crazy days, like it always is. Let's hope I they think get something, something If done. something's going to happen, it has to happen tonight and then make us look stupid that we talked about one thing and something else happens. But if it, it means the Phillies get something, I'm okay I'm with okay sounding with stupid. Yeah. I'll sound as stupid as possible. All right. Jeff, big podcast announcement. Some exciting all news. You. Exciting news coming out of the Shooting the Shift podcast from Philly Fitz over there. Yeah, so we talked before about how I was writing my blogs for my own site. Well, I'm now writing, and you can find my stuff on Fan Nations Inside the Phillies. They're partnered with sports illustrated so i've written a little bit with them got to work with their team and i'm really excited to be putting out new exciting content yes and we now have officially a person on this podcast in the media so i expect you to be getting all the scoops for us pretty soon we'll be breaking news on this podcast quite often but that is all we have for the revival of the shoot and the shift podcast uh, season two, shooting the shift 2.0. There's a lot that's going on, and there was a lot to talk about, and it might all be in vain because baseball locks out tomorrow. Or if you're listening to it on the day on the day we release this, December first, it's going to lock out. Or if you're listening to it after, baseball is probably locked out right now because the owners and players seem so far apart. Will Jeff, it was good hanging with you. Good to be back. Jeff, congratulations on the new writing position. We're certainly excited about it. Um, and we'll see you when we have more baseball to talk about. Hopefully it's a, a new CBA and more free agency. To you guys, to the listeners, and to baseball, Tuttles for now. Thank you.